Welcome to How to In Bed, the ultimate guide to unlocking your full sexual potential. Join me, Lara, an erotica writer and the creator of the sexual wellness platform Tales of Lara, as I spin new tales of sexual exploration with leading experts. Together, we'll unravel the mysteries of cultivating deep, intimate connections with insights like unlocking the secrets of lasting love and channeling your inner dominatrix. Let's dive into How to In Bed with Lara, where pleasure has no boundaries. Welcome back. Welcome back to Pussy Church and our new series, How To In Bed. Today, I'm here with certified sex therapist and relationship expert, Todd Barrett, for our episode, How To Communicate In Bed. Thank you so much for coming on the show again. Thanks for having me, Laura. Hello. It's always such a pleasure. I love your work, as you know. The content that you that you put out, I think, is equal parts compassionate and kind of like a kick in the butt. And it's so... So rare to see, actually, because I think we either get somebody who like mothers us or something or or somebody who just says, don't do anything, basically. And everything you do is wrong or everything you do is right. Exactly. So either or. No, people need to be challenged. People need to be pushed in a nice way. So this episode is going to be about how to communicate in bed. And I feel like you talk a lot about communication in general, um, how important it is in a relationship and how sexy it makes people <laughs> if they can't communicate well. Do you mainly talk about that in general about relationships or in sex specifically? Well, both. I mean, if people communicating is really hard in general for people. Um, yes. Especially when there's relational consequence, anxiety, shame, fill and the rest of whatever emotions that are challenging um, that really shut down communication or prevent us access to the words, the immediate recall of what we want to say without um, feeling inhibited by, oh, no, this is bad, or, oh, no, my partner might reject me, or, oh, no, this is going to start a fight, or whatever. You know, that oftentimes our communications are really so deeply mediated by how we're anticipating a response, mm. whether this is about sex or dinner, or um, do we want to stay in, or do you want to go out? Um, you know, that uh, we do too much um pivoting based on how we assume yeah. the other person is going to respond as opposed to just communicating what we want um, or need or would like or would prefer um, and negotiating around some of those needs. But when it comes to sex, it's particularly difficult because we live in a sex negative, sex phobic, blah, blah world. <laughs> we do. <laughs> the communications are extra challenging because there are yeah. more barriers. And depending on your identity and race and ethnicity, there may be even more barriers. So communication, especially about sex, is really, really hard. Oh, totally. There's communication before you get to bed, right? There's communication in bed and then after or, you know, if your relationship goes forward, obviously. And I think they have all different challenges and all fun aspects to them if you really get good at it. Because for me, I mean, I didn't grow up talking about sex a lot with my partners at all. Um, and I think 
I've been definitely at this point where it's just like, it's so scary to talk about. And I think when you said relational consequences, it really, I really clocked that because that's how it felt like, you know, it's like, oh, if I say this, what will this do to my partner? Maybe if I mention that we have challenges or that there's things that I would like to try, even the positive things might be a little easier to say, you know, but maybe not. But if there's a challenge in our sex life, right, I thought it was so difficult to communicate. And then not until I started this work did I find some joy in it, you know, this kind of like, oh, if we already start talking about sex before we get to bed, um, we're in a completely different place, right? I can create an environment where, I mean, it's so much easier if you do, if you're kind of working in this field and then you already have an in to talk about it already anyways right you're like oh i work in sexual wellness and everyone's like oh okay <laughs> um it makes people more comfortable but what do you think are the greatest challenges that people seem to face when wanting to communicate to a partner about sex for the most part the thing that shuts down communication sexual communication is anxiety and shame and you know most people may not even be connecting with that um, they may not be thinking, I'm so anxious, I'm so ashamed. Um, mm. Or I say this, people are like, but I'm not, I don't feel shame. And I'm like, okay, well, you're not communicating and you're shutting down. And when someone says, does this feel good? Is this what you want? And you say, that's fine when it's not. You know, this is an unconscious expression, uh, a behavioral expression of shame and anxiety. Um, because if we weren't shameful or anxious about our sexuality, our preferences and our needs, then, you know, we would just say, yeah, a little to the left. Yeah. And everybody, everybody has sexual shame um, because like I was saying, we live in a place and a culture that um, sex is still really stigmatized and put in this taboo category in this t totally completely separate category. Um, uh, you know, it's not even thought of, you know, there's the five lovely, whatever many fucking love languages, but you know, sex isn't even considered. <laughs> something that could be loved. That's true. We, we relegate sex to this kind of dirty category that should not be spoken about. Even now, yeah. with so much sex positivity on social media and in general, it's still such a um, secretive, stigmatized, shamey place um, where no one has any information. So long story short, shuts down communication, anxiety, shame, and cultural issues. Depending on what kind of role you're prescribed, right, within a sexual context, right? If we're even talking about gender or we're talking about gender identity um, or religion, like all of these things that are put on us, right? That means like, oh, you should do this in bed. You should be that in bed or you should make your partner happy or being good in bed means that you can please your partner well or whatever people have kind of as like a um, belief system, right, about it makes it really difficult to understand, right? Maybe we can talk a little bit about like, how can people overcome this fear, right? And anxiety. There's so many different ways. Um, you know, something that I like about sex therapy in comparison to regular therapy, in regular therapy, we process, process, process. It's not to mm -hmm. say that in sex therapy, we don't, but there's two components mostly, usually. Um, and that is talking about the why and then doing. Um, that you know we cannot improve our sex lives without doing and so yeah. sex specifically uh if you want to make any improvements whether that's communication or increasing pleasure or trying new things you have to do it 
Um, and by it, I don't mean necessarily penetration. I just mean sexual um, engaging with a partner sexually. Yeah. So, um, you know, the way we get over these sexual anxieties, I would say, is first to explore and to have some kind of understanding about where they come from. You know, is it connected to your gender? Is it connected to your race? Is it connected to um, the lack of sex ed that you got? Is it connected to cultural messaging? You know, and then the answer is yes, it's all connected. <laughs> but also, it's sex is not just about genitals. It's about relational dynamics. So, um, and this is also what I find really interesting about sex, thinking about sex, is that it is about sex, but it's also about much more. Um Many people shut down, don't communicate, don't ask for things sexually. Um, and there's a big parallel in their lives emotionally and relationally. Yeah. Where the relational anxieties we have day to day also translate into sexual dynamics. Um, so, you know, if asking to be taken care of sexually, if wanting to be taken care of sexually, um, many people who struggle to receive caretaking, you can place mm -hmm. that with pleasure or whatever you want. Um, will also then struggle to ask for it. Uh, so, you know, it's just so many different layers of emotional and relational um, information as to why we become sexually anxious. So you want to have an understanding about that. Write some kind of narrative. You, you can edit it as you, you know as you go along, but you yeah. want to have some kind of story about why you are anxious, you know, what your story is. Um, and then, you know, you're going to have to tolerate it. <laughs> if you want it to change, you have to tolerate it and you have to experiment. And you can go super, super slow and take baby steps and maybe even just text your partner about the things you want. Mm. You could literally just like whisper if you need to whisper if it's really uncomfortable. But either way, you have to start talking. Um, you have to start doing. You have to start taking action. Um, this is the only way that we can overcome things that are scary. Um, and you don't have to feel ready to do it. And you're not going to feel ready to do it until after you've done it. Um, you know, so it's a simple answer full of complex information. Would you recommend people doing it before they get into a sexual, you know, situation, basically? Like having a um, conversation Well, I mean, like you were saying, it's just important that talking about sex happens before sex. You know, there's many different contexts yeah. where you, you can have conversations about sex. Um, so, you know this is when sex gets put into a separate category. Um, but, you know, if you were talking about food, you would probably talk about it when you're not hungry, <laughs> before you have to make a reservation for lunch or dinner, during lunch or dinner, after, you know, we, we talk about food, we share <laughs> recipes, you know, it's just an ongoing dialogue. And, you know, in an ideal world, that's what it would be. Sex would not be any, it would be full of, negatively charged particles of shame and anxiety and cultural bullshit. We expected to know everything about sex without learning anything about it. And because we don't ask or we don't educate ourselves, it takes us forever to learn very simple things really in the end. Yeah. And then maybe we'll never really learn enough or enough to receive the pleasure or give the pleasure that we would like to. Mm -hmm. Exactly. That opportunity that people have that maybe are listening to the show or people that look outside of themselves to educate themselves is huge because without doing it, 
you kind of have barely any chance, right? Unless you just fall into a partner. I think this is like this like fantasy that the right person will come and that person will make me come. I don't have to figure out how I can make love to myself or how I can masturbate or something like that. So I think it's so interesting that we have this childlike approach to it sometimes, right? Somebody else should read my mind. Somebody should come and fix it for me. If there's something to fix, fair enough, you know? Um, but I think most people are lacking pleasure. Yeah, all kinds. Yeah. What I've been doing for fun, I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> like, are you still going to the gym? I'm like, yeah, but I don't count that as fun. Oh, the gym is not fun. No, it's it feels good, but it's not like, yeah. I don't know. But yeah, pleasure, non-sexual, non-sexual. What you're saying is true, but I want to add to it just because sometimes Please. our partners um, can really actually be good in bed. Um, oh, yeah. And it, it's both in terms of what our partner brings and what that allows us to open up to. The most important focus we can take in these dynamics is ourself. Um, so it's not to totally rule out that. Um, you know, I've definitely that's been with people that make me silent and I'm like, that's fine. Just, okay. <laughs> And then I've been with other yeah. guys that are just really confident and, um, you know, it's like talking about it is a non-issue. It's not awkward. Um, so, you know, but it's not to say it's all on them. Um, you know, with the silent person, I could have been the one to be more verbal and to be more communicative. So um, it is a dynamic um, and we want to explore what shuts us what shuts us down, what helps us engage and how to get in touch with those parts of ourselves during sex, before sex, whenever. A lot of people were also talking about or asking about dirty talk. Is there some tips you have for people to engage in either, I guess? Yeah, I mean, it's kind of simple, but hard again, because of the anxiety that shuts us down. But, um, you know, you if you can connect to, if you have an understanding of what you want and what you like the most, um, then you just say that. If something feels really good, then you just say that. If there is a certain kink or power dynamic that's expressed verbally, then you just say that. Um, but you have to, if you want to know what I'm talking about is eroticism, if you want to know what to say, you have to be in touch with what's erotic for you. And it yes. also takes practice and it can feel uncomfortable. Um, and uh, But it, if you are into that, if you like dirty talk, it's not everybody does. I almost don't even like dirty talk. It was dirty. Um, <laughs> well, but okay. sexy talk or whatever. Um, yeah. You know, it's something to talk about with your partners to be like, this is what I like. Also think about language. Some people get really turned off by certain words or uh, way, ways that their genitals are being referred to or whatever. So you want to just make sure um, and you can be playful with this. You know, <laughs> you t it's, you're not talking about cancer. We're talking about sex. Yes. Sure. Uh, you know, you can laugh about it and joke about it. Um, but yeah, it's kind of basic. You communicate what you want. Kind of like, again, with food, if something is really good, you would probably say, oh my God, this tastes really good. Yes. <laughs> I don't know, like with food, someone's like, I don't know how you made this, but just the way that you did this was, I mean, it's an engagement with what feels pleasurable, positive and arousing. And, and then a, a, an expression of that through words. So, so like, I like some kind of verbal subdom dynamic where there is verbal communication about who's in control or but just some kind of a like get on your knees kind of a thing okay like commands or something yeah you know it, that's something that's erotic for me um so you know maybe 
you know what is erotic for you, you can do some of that as well. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think the the funniest aspect of it all is that I think when you start communicating and start talking about it, it becomes quite, or at least that was my experience, that I felt like the fear of it is so much greater than actually what it feels like doing it then. Especially yeah. if you have a partner, obviously, that you can trust and you feel comfortable with. I mean, this is clearly a different issue if you don't trust this person or something. It's actually kind of two things. You know, one, some people can only really express themselves sexually and do all of the dirty talk or sexy talk with someone they feel safe and that's known. And other people can only do it with people that are unknown. Ah, stranger. The stranger. Yeah. Um, or not necessarily strangers, but just people that there's not where there isn't emotional intimacy. Mm. Well, mm -hmm. you know, it comes down to having feeling the need to take care of or feeling the need to do something based on how we think our partners are because, you know, they take care of us day to day or we, you know, we have a loving relationship with them. And that also can translate during sex or thinking, oh, I have to take care of them. It has to be loving. Mm. People really struggle to be, to express themselves erotically in the context of a relationship, but there's a lot of love. I am the opposite. I need to feel safe and comfortable with someone in order to feel aroused at this point. <laughs> um, but yeah. uh, there are many people who are like, I don't want to do this with my partner, which is, you know, I don't think the greatest because if, you know, we want to be able to, if there's anyone that we want to express our sexuality with, it's with our partners. Our primary partner. Yeah, it doesn't seem like it would make for a very satisfying relationship <laughs> if you have to separate it all the time. Yeah, I mean, I would say that for me, but what's surprising is for some people, it's less about that kind of, uh, I don't want to say judgment, but judgment um, and more about what works. Because I see many couples and they're like, yeah, we just don't. We love each other. We want to stay together, but we don't want to have sex with each other. But what do they do? They have a non-sexual relationship. I mean, these things happen. I know, but they have sex outside of the relationship? Yeah. or Okay, good. I was like, or wait. Or once in a while, they'll have sex with each other. But the goal is to find what works for you. So what if you're facing kind of a challenge in your sex life, right? That is not really spoken. Let's say you do something to me that I don't like or that feels uncomfortable or maybe I recognize in you, right? Like maybe there's an erectile dysfunction or whatever, but something physical, right? I don't get wet, whatever it is in that sense. Um, how would you recommend doing that? Working through sexual challenges? Yeah, or just starting this conversation with your partner without, if you're afraid that you might hurt their feelings if you would mention it the first thing is we have to stop trying to take care of people like that uh -huh. <laughs> what that is is you're taking responsibility for your partner's feelings mm -hmm. and withholding information like that if it's making sex unfun is that a word but yes it is now you're yeah. not telling your partner <laughs> and you're having sex with them you know that's that's not helping either so when we say i don't want to hurt their feelings you know you're really not taking care of them you're taking care of yourself and your own anxieties that you feel bad mm. or you feel guilty or whatever. But bringing up challenge doesn't have to be a conflict. You can be nice. <laughs> you know, people often say, how do I address this thing, whether it's sexual or non-sexual? I'm like, well, first you be nice. Maybe you have <laughs> a little humor um, and don't escalate. <laughs> yes. Um, so these are just 
basic communication skills. You know, when we want to communicate something tough, um, we want to do it in a way that's not critical. So, you know, why aren't you getting wet? Why aren't you getting hard? Yeah. You know, like, is this something that you've experienced before? Um, is there anything you can do to help? What have you done in the past that's helped? I mean, you can ask, you ask questions, you express curiosity and care. And you also say, and um, I still want to be with you. You can yes. make them feel safe if they're having a sexual challenge. Um, because I think so many people who are having any kind of sexual challenges, the main fear for them is that they're going to be rejected. Totally. So you really want to handle that with care. Yeah. And like, what do you do if your partner says like something is wrong with you when you give them or when you ask them for something? Sometimes people, when they're experiencing shame, um, they will shame you. Yeah. When confronted by their own shame. And that's a really tough, tough dynamic. Um, and then I would probably try to redirect, de-escalate. And then if that doesn't change anything and they're still kind of spewing this kind of not nice, mean, shamey shit, um, I'd drop it. And then I would bring it back up at a time where things were lighter mm-hmm. and not um, post-sex, during sex, pre-sex. Yeah. The next day, if you're being flirty and fun and things feel good, I would bring it up then. Most people don't. They're like, <laughs> oh, I don't want to ruin it. But it's like, you know, this is the best time to have constructive conversations is when you're in a good mood. Yeah. Not when you're pissed off, yeah. not when you're ashamed, not when you're fearful. And you could say... Hey, can we just check in a second about last night? Um, you know, what what was happening for you? It seemed like you were maybe you were just super anxious or um, I wasn't trying to criticize you, but it seemed like you received what I was saying as a criticism. I just want to have sex with you. I just want to be with you. Um, and I don't care what, you know, you, you can really go back and see if you can do some rewriting to the script. What you just said is such a great way to to take responsibility for yourself, right? Because we don't have control over the other person and like their reaction. I also got some people who asked about like, how could you integrate a sexual conversation in like maybe let's say foreplay or something? Do you have any suggestions on like how to make it more playful and maybe integrate it in like some kind of a foreplay? Um, Yeah, well, like I was saying, it's not cancer, it's sex. It's supposed to be fun. It's supposed to be pleasurable and silly and dumb and... Sometimes it can be hard to have more of these direct conversations during sex. You know, we're in a vulnerable place. We're naked. Um, we're doing things that uh, sex is, you know, one of the most vulnerable things we can do. So I, I do think mm. it's more helpful to have the conversations beforehand um, and right from the beginning of a relationship and on an ongoing basis. Um, I think yeah. sometimes it's, it can be really helpful afterwards to do a recap. How was that for you? Or that was hot. I really liked it when you did X, Y, Z. Do that. That was like perfect for me um a plus well done or yeah next time can we try it wherever in the shower on the kitchen table um mm-hmm. but um in terms of foreplay uh if you want to have discussions about sex during sex or leading up to it um i think the best thing that you could do is think about it more as directives or as prompts um i want this i really liked it when you did this last week can you do this to me um you know, you really want to express, like I was saying, whatever it is that feels good to you. Similar to if someone was like, what do you want for dinner? You'd probably say, well, you made that salmon last week. I don't know what you did to it, but can we have that again? Um, <laughs> would you want to have salmon with me? Or, you know, if you don't, I'll have the salmon and you can have steak. Um, 
and we'll eat at 6.30. You know, you would you would talk about it. And it's no different. <laughs> like and during, you know, you can say this is, yeah, just like that. This is what I wanted. Yeah. You give feedback. For me, what I always thought was like the easiest way was to talk about sex, maybe not even in a context of you and I, but just in general. So like in the beginning, it's not like this kind of like, oh, you know, I want you to do this to me, but kind of like, oh, this is what in general, like if we get to do this together at one point, we'll see, you know, if you just start to see somebody, but to give somebody just kind of like an insight of like, oh, these are things that I find fun. Like you said, it's playtime, right? These are the games I like to play. Do you also like to play Uno or you <laughs> rather play, I don't know, um, Scrabble, <laughs> you know, or I don't have much anxiety about it at all anymore. Fair enough. Right. So I think it gives other people the space to share without feeling judged or afraid or something. Yeah. But some, you know, it's just, it's not going to work. <laughs> I mean, would you recommend like somebody going to sex therapy if if they have kind of let's say they're in like a longer relationship? Always. Yeah. But there are also courses online. There are so many different things that people can do. There are plenty of books. I mean, you have a course. I mean, you have several courses online, right? Yeah. Uh, and most therapists do. Um, but a little learning can go a long way. So, you know, if you're in a relationship and you're it's a long term relationship and you've never talked about sex and you want to start talking about sex and your partner's like, whoa, 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 you're changing the rules. We don't talk about sex. Um, you know, I would really say run to a couple's therapist or a sex therapist because um, it's it may be very hard to mediate these conversations because you're we are fundamentally biased. So um, it's definitely helpful to have someone else help you through these conversations that you've never had. Yes. Because sometimes it's too much pressure to expect and put on a relationship to be able to work through issues that neither partner are competent to work through. It's kind of like with finances. Mm. Find an expert. Be like, I don't understand the stock market. Um, can you tell me, you know, yeah. here's my money. You put it where you think it should go. Um, you know, or with our car. It's not like we're going to say, oh, well, seems like it's making a noise. Let me take apart the engine. You know, <laughs> would just bring it to a yeah. car shop. So um, sex and relational issues are no different. This example you just gave is so accurate, right? Because this kind of goes back to what I said in the beginning of the show. People think that you're supposed to know everything about sex without getting any education or about relationship. You know, I mean, I think that's that's also such a huge thing that I've discovered discovered in my life of like, oh, Okay, I know nothing, actually. You know what I mean? My parents were in really a great example for a functioning, healthy relationship. So I didn't have a good role model and nobody gave me a class or a talk about relationships at all. Yeah, no, me neither. So what kind of classes do you have that people could take? It's a program um, about love and sex. And, um, you know, there are workbooks. There's um, journal stuff. There's meetings with me. Um, it's kind of like a condensed online version of what therapy would be like. Awesome. And people can do this together as a couple? Yeah. You can do it as a couple. You can do it on your own. But it can be really helpful if you're feeling like, I don't want to commit to therapy. It's too expensive. Whatever. 
course, it's like $40 a month. That's great because I think there's something, like you said, either, either therapy is too expensive or maybe um, couples therapy scary or something where if you can work with each other at home um, and just get, you know, and then maybe through the course you'll find out you need more help or maybe you're in a good place or something like that. People don't know like how to find a therapist, how to find a sex therapist, you know. it's Well, especially sex therapist, I think it's very difficult. Yeah, if you want to have a relationship where communication is an integral part or it's important to you, then you have to start educating yourself first. Yep. I would assume. And then pick a partner who is not <laughs> completely shut down. Yeah, that's be helpful. <laughs> um, but there's also something to be, you know, if someone's shut down but open, that's workable. If someone If someone is shut down but completely closed off and unwilling to explore, that's a problem. Yes. It's fine if someone struggles with communication, can't share their feelings, so long as they're open to growing. You know, so we want to pick people that have this kind of growth-oriented, um, not I know everything and I don't need anybody, blah, 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 that kind of bullshit. Um, so we want flexibility and openness. Why do you think is a partner ex like more attractive or sexier if they're a good communicator? Um, well, I mean, it's hot to know exactly what somebody likes uh, specifically with sex um and like uh, like we were saying before you know we can be with somebody who is really withdrawn and that can make us feel withdrawn um and versus somebody who is communicative it can also give us permission to be communicative and to connect sexually so um you know the more information we have um and the more we're able to communicate that information and our partners are able to the better, um, I mean, the better the, the sex will be because you have information. You know, it's like getting directions. You wouldn't just kind of yeah. let yourself and drive somewhere. You Now we have GPS and we have the app that speaks to us. And so, you know, it's helpful. We can navigate our way around. Um, and so it makes things easier. I mean, it's super hot. I mean, I think especially what you said, I always felt like that with myself where I was like, okay, I would love to know what you like. Because, I mean, it's going to be so much easier. I'm here to, like, obviously receive pleasure, but also give pleasure. And that's my goal. So if you tell me you need me to bite your dick, you know, <laughs> which I have heard, and I would have never thought of that myself. You know what I mean? I think it wouldn't have just come to mind. So thank God we didn't spend, you know, two years, like, and he wants it, but I can never, I'll never do it, you know, for him. So then at least... I can still make a decision if it's comfortable for me to do or not, right? Obviously. But then I can just do it. And he has pleasure within like a few minutes. <laughs> yeah, a guessing game is really just torture. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show again. Thank you for having me. Anytime. How can people find your work? Um, you can find me on Instagram at your diagnonsense or on my website at tottasbarrett.com. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you guys so much for listening to our episode, How to Communicate in Bed. I hope you enjoyed exploring the secrets of sexual intimacy and satisfaction with me. You can find our guest, Todd Barrett, in the show notes. And remember to visit our website, talesoflara.com, for more valuable resources and tips to enhance your sexual wellness journey. If you like today's show, please subscribe, rate, and leave a review. Or if you'd simply tell a friend about the show, that would be amazing too. See you next Sunday. Until then, 
stay curious and keep exploring. 